But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will I mean, you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. We are going to rhyme it. Just yeah, that's where he just after ran down. Everybody, I like I'm not going to remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rams Brothers the Pod. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by the other host of this show, Nick, my brother. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great. Uh, last year, when I started wearing St. Louis Rams colors, the Rams in the playoffs, they turned it around. It's true. And and I I, I needed the ghost of Jeff Fisher to summon his defense, and and the defense came up big in those games. So I tried to wear it today to bring back some of that good juju. I don't know how Jeff Fisher to you in your head is good juju, but (laughs) whenever you started, you started wearing the Steven Jackson jersey. I remember in the beginning of December, and they won, what, five games in a row from there, six games in a row? Yeah. So uh, whatever kind of juju that you need to instill into the podcast or whatever you feel like you need to switch up, switch gears, I will accept. Whatever you feel like you got to do to get us back on the train, back on the winning train, get a couple of wins in our back pocket. Hopefully we get a little bit more comfortable with how the season's unfolding. I'm all on board. I'm wearing the same shirt that I wore to the Super Bowl. So there you go. Yeah, kinda, we, are, we got the same thing going on a little bit. We are hungry like a wolf for a Rams W and some good Rams football, which has been lacking all year. Even the wins have not been good. So who sings Hungry by the Wolf? Is it Duran Duran? I think it's Paul Giamatti. <laughs> not, not big Paul Giamatti. <laughs> oh, Nick, you want to take us into the ad read before we jump into the episode? Absolutely. Sure. Do it. Then you know what it is? It's Bet Online. Basketball's back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, always the easiest. Bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Love it. I don't think that was a 10 out of 10 ad read. I may have to hire you full time. I I think I should do voiceover work. I have this, I have a boyish charm in my voice that most people don't have. Sounds more to me like angry adult. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about boyish charm. Are we too excited to record this episode right now? Is it because the Bucks are coming off of a 27 to 22 loss to the Baltimore Ravens? Why in the world are we in a good mood, Nick? Well, and people were actually giving me flack this week because I was so uppity Monday. And, I, and people were like, it was a Rams loss against the 49ers. What are you doing? And I don't know. I, I'm not ready to sell. I'm going to hold on to my yeah. stock until it plummets like every NFT I own. Um, <laughs> I don't own any NFTs. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm just not ready. There, there's too much talent. Uh, do you have anywhere in this script about McVeigh retiring? No, I don't. Not uh, something that I really want to talk about today because I feel like it's just, something that we uh, we talked about in the offseason. We talked about Aaron Donald potentially retiring. I don't feel like that's something that's – it seems like a story that's being broken in a convenient time for the media to be able to capitalize on it. Yeah, I don't – I was going to say I hope it's not in here because I don't want to address it at all. No. Um, because that is something that would bring my spirits down. Uh, and I, you know, I just feel good right now. I know Brady is like, we look bad, but the Bucks look worse. I mean, at least we beat Carolina. They could not beat Carolina. So let's, uh, you know, I, I feel good. Tom, Tom Brady, three game losing streak. First time it's happened in 20 years. Um, last time they lost three in a row or he lost three in a row was 2002. My yeah, God. Crazy, crazy story there. Right. So he lost. To Drew Brees and LaDainian Tomlinson's San Diego Chargers. That team was really good. 
Jay Fiedler and Ricky Williams' Miami Dolphins. That team was also pretty decent. Uh, I'm not sure if they won the division that year, but they may have. And Brett Favre's Green Bay Packers to fall to 3-3 three and three on the season. They actually lost four in a row. So this would be the first time since 2002, also if the Rams win this game, that Tom Brady lost four in a row. Um, and it's it's weird because they went into that bye week back in 2002 after three straight losses. One of them was to the Packers, obviously, as we mentioned. And then uh, coming off of that loss to the Packers, they lost to Brian Greasy and Ed McCaffrey, Denver Broncos, right? So that was Christian McCaffrey's dad. So that's how long Tom Brady's been playing in this league. Um, but it, Christian was six years old at the time, Nick. We were eight and nine years old. So it's been a little while. But I feel like this year, amongst every other year in the NFL, it feels like weird stuff can happen. History tends to repeat itself. Um, so I, I hope that the Rams are in position to be able to come out on top and capitalize on the situation. Yeah. And just to uh, sprinkle some like a little more hope onto our sad listeners, Sean McVay, 3-1 against the Bucks in his career. The only loss came in 2019 when – Jameis Winston threw for like 500 yards, and I'm pretty sure Goff also threw for like 500. Um, Rams are 8-1 and against the Bucks, dating all the way back to th- 2012. So a franchise we've recently had success against. This is like our 49ers, you know. I guess the Seahawks are kind of like our 49ers. But like how the 49ers kind of have a thumb down on us. We seem to be, no matter what, taking care of business against this Bucks team, uh, regular season or postseason. So, you know, and I think we're catching them at a good time. I think we're catching them at a really good time. I don't think anything is as dramatic as the comparison to us versus the 49ers, just because obviously it's in division. There have been so many losses as of recent. But over the last 10 years, yeah, you're right. We're 8-1 and against this team. And I feel like they're in such an interesting position right now because as bad as they've been offensively, they still are led by Tom Brady. They're still led by a decent head coach in Tom Bowles and an offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich that I very much believe in. And they're still somehow one game back in that division, which is just un- almost unbelievable. When you're three and five, you feel like you should be at least two games back in the division in week eight. Um, but the offense, Nick, n- absolutely no balance. Like you talk about the Rams' offense having no balance. They're very similar to ours. And the fact that they're 32nd overall in terms of their run game, which is just behind the Rams, I always like want to kind of stop myself when I'm talking about Tom Brady. Because it always feels like whenever you're counting him out, whenever you you know you feel like he can't play any longer, you feel like he's getting too old. You're telling your friends Tom Brady's getting worse. That's when he steps up to the plate, right? When you yeah. count him out is when Tom Brady does his thing. But he currently he ranks 17th in total QBR, 25th in completion percentage above expected, and 23rd in lowest off-target throw rate according to ESPN Stats and Information Group. So that to me tells me that. He's right now he's performing like a below average quarterback. But what are those other factors, right? Is it the run game? Is it the offensive line? Is it his weapons? Is it his skill all players? Above, right? so yeah. It's kind of all of the above. And it's a situation that us Rams fans are very, very accustomed to hearing about. Um, so it this didn't feel like it was an overly difficult podcast to prepare just because I felt like I was talking about my own team as I was writing. Yeah, this I was gonna say Brady's 17th, whereas Stafford like 18th. I think Stafford's below that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've like you talk about the Rams throwing at an astonishingly high rate like this team. 68.4 percent of plays they're throwing on right now, which I believe is is really just maybe two or three percentage points higher than the Rams. I think the Rams are somewhere around 64, 65 percent. But um, somehow this offense last week had nine pass catchers like a bulk of their load is always going to come from guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then a combination of pass catchers out of the backfield like Leonard Fournette and Ronald White. But then it's Julio Jones and it's Kate Otten, who, by the way, looks exactly like a young Tom Brady. I'm going to have to bring up a picture. Scotty Miller, Brashard Perryman, Co Keeft, and uh, Kyle Rudolph, who's on his last leg, potentially in the last year of his career. Um, like there's a severe drop off in terms of skill players and talent after you get past Evans, Godwin, and Julio. They miss Gronk. Like Nick, yeah. I remember one of your um, one of your Rams predictions. I think in the off season was like the Rams are playing really well. Rams are seven up. Gronk wants to come to Los Angeles. Like that would have been, you know, the greatest situation ever. Now we're sitting in a in a position where we're playing Tom Brady's team in Week Eight in a week where I thought Odell was going to be able to come back and play. Come back to like this was my original prediction was 
for you, it was like, okay, Gronk could come to Los Angeles. For me, it was like, maybe Odell comes back for this game in Raymond James Stadium against Tom Brady, the team that's currently one and three at home right now, like an opportunity to kind of ride the ship and get back on track. So, yeah, and that is not the case um, that OBJ is coming back and Rob Gronkowski is putting the horns on. <laughs> um, I mean, that was off season looking yeah, for stuff to talk about. Pod, yeah, wishful thinking, podcasting. Um, yeah, just right now, I don't know if we're even in the lead for OBJ signing. I like our defense against this throw heavy team because it's going to force them to go after Ramsey, who was pissed last week. He dropped uh, a huge interception. So I, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of good to look at. It feels like the Rams are looking at the man in the mirror this week and are playing a, a version of themselves. I mean, going into this, you have the 2021, 2022 Super Bowl winners. Yep. Or uh, maybe 2020, 2021, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, like everybody had high, high hopes for a living on this team. So, so I, the, this game, it was just like a big circle. And now it's like a loser leaves town match because this is just, it's turning into uh, a potentially the team that loses this is like, oh God, like we're boned. I mean, three and six in that division, I feel like they still have, I think right now the Bucks have a 70% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a well, I mean, in the division. Tom Brady just finds these crap divisions and just plants home. Like, I feel like we need this win more than them because that's if we true. lose, I think we're out. If they lose, who like the Chargers are going to beat the Falcons this week, right? Like, come on. I, I mean, you would hope so. Um, I think feel like we're in a really weird situation, and I feel like this is the way that the league is. Uh, what's the word? I mean, it's like the direction of the league right now. It's just so unbelievably unpredictable at this point. Like last year, we just tweeted out probably two hours ago, Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers were both three and four and went to the NFC Championship, NAFC Championship. Like this, I mean, this Bucks team could be a good example. I think they're like top three or top four in terms of odds to still win the Super Bowl. So they're just, I mean, they're like, it's an impossible team to count out. But like when you really dig into this team, and you look at guys like a Mike Evans, like a Chris Godwin, like these are guys that are getting open in this offense. They're ranked 17th in average separation once the ball arrives, meaning that on average, you know, they're pretty decent receiving core. They're getting open, they're making plays. And that is just the average of the entire receiving core. Um, that doesn't take into consideration just Evans or just Chris Godwin's individual numbers. Those are probably higher than that. Um, like, but they're not like Tom Brady's offense. You talked about like how to protect Jared Goff and how to make him look like a good quarterback. Bell check system, play action, a good run game, a great defense. Like that's how you win Super Bowls. Like it's very, very simple. Um, it's obviously a little bit more complicated than that. But you're talking about mixed skin play action with a quarterback who historically thrives when play action is being called. Brady's offenses are accustomed to that. And the strangest part about Byron Leftwich's play calling is the fact that that's not really mixed into the offense. He's fourth best in the league in terms of QBR um, when it comes to play action. And it's probably, I would say he's in the top three all time in terms of quarterbacks when they're using play action. So it feels like yeah. there's a big, huge he's be top three all time, in a lot of categories. Just yeah. In <laughs> yeah, you're right. It just feels like there's a lot missing. Just that's just in the passing game. And that's what they're running a majority of the time. They're missing elements within their passing game alongside of the defensive issues, alongside of the running game issues alongside of special teams, right? So that's where I feel like we're in a much better position. And it doesn't help, Nick, when your offense simply can't run the football. Like we're seeing it with the Rams right now and the whole Cam Akers saga, which we'll eventually talk about. But they're dead. this team is dead last in rushing attempts, and they're number one in passing attempts. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's, it's very easy to prepare for. It's why um, a team like Carolina that has those defensive bones in them um, and, like, has, like, you know – the strong defenders that can stop the run, they know exactly what to prep for. It's yeah. why like a team with less skilled players can come in and beat, uh, you know, a contending bucks team because it's very predictable. And that's, yeah. I mean, just exactly like, like you were saying, it was always with Goff to be good. He always needed that solid run game with Gurley. And last year we saw a little bit of hocus pocus with, uh, with Stafford and, 
kind of the running back by committee with uh, Henderson and Sony. That was like just good enough to get us there. Um, And then sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And this year when the committee has turned into undrafted players and Malcolm Brown back, you know, you start to, you really be like, Oh my God, we have nothing to work with. And that's why, you know, these Rams are predictable. It's five yard plays. You know, it's very easy to see when the screen is coming. I just ordered you a Ronnie Rivers jersey. Do you not want it? No, I would wear it. I need a new jersey. I want to wait until we get those yellow jerseys next year. Yeah, he knows something. Mm. I always felt like you did know a little something about these yellow jerseys because you had a connection to somebody that worked with the Rams that was like big on it, right? Yeah. Well, he said when he was hired, like before the rebrand, um, they showed them like a pitch deck of what it was going to look like. And the yellow was in that original pitch deck. But then this year they scrapped it. Hmm. Like, so I'm thinking maybe they're, they're reworking it, but I still think, yeah, I mean, nobody else has just a straight yellow. I think that would just look so cool. I do too. I would agree. It doesn't look cool though. If you're, if your offense can't run the ball. I mean, it looked really cool against the chiefs on Monday night in 2018. And then it looked horrendous on Monday night against the Ravens in 2019. There was a game actually before that. I think it was in 2015 or 2016 where they played the 49ers. Maybe it was back to 2014. I think it was the debut. It was the ketchup and mustard game. Like the very first iteration of the yellow jerseys versus the 49ers. It was just the ugliest game ever. I think yeah, they, I they probably lost about 24 to 3 or something like that. I remember Tavon Austin was like the player of the game. Had to have been something like that. Yeah, w- weird situation. But like this Bucks team, Nick, they really can't run the football. Like they're they're dead last rushing attempts. They're averaging just three point zero four yards through per attempt through the first eight games of the season, which is on pace for dead last. And it would be the worst yards per attempt number since two thousand and two. So they're a historically bad running game. We're a bad running game. They're historically bad. Their running backs are somehow worse than ours. Averaging 1.6 yards before initial contact, which would be the worst since 2006. I mean, we're talking about like a team that will not commit to running the ball and a team that if they do commit to it, can physically not run the ball. So, I mean, it really puts you in a good position where you can kind of pin your ears back, rush the passer and get Tom Brady on the ground, which is what the Rams have done really well against Tom Brady when he's in a Buccaneers uniform. Didn't do it well when he was in a Patriots uniform, but since he's gotten to Tampa Bay, they've done a good job of pinning their ears back and getting him on the ground. Yeah. There's something something about old man rivers that you want to, you know, knock some sense into. And mm-hmm. this is the year to do it. I mean, if he gets a devil, like a really tough hit by Donald, I don't know. He may not look the same for the rest of the game. Yeah, he took a couple of hits last weekend. Um I saw a lot of overthrows by him last weekend. I feel like, yeah, he, a lot of overthrows, a lot of miscommunications, timing issues look like they're off. He's not comfortable in the pocket or he's trying to move around and make a play or he's holding on to the ball for too long. Like all characteristics that Tom Brady like does not have in his arsenal. So it's very odd having to see that, but it's also very, very much fulfilling when you know that that team is going to be on the docket the next weekend, which is exciting. They've lost in terms of offensive line. Ryan Jensen's a big one. Like Leonard Fournette being as slow as he is, his mile per hour is, I think, 55 of 56 qualifying runners. So he's as slow as they come. Like, I don't know why they weren't in the market for a top tier back. They're seriously the most one dimensional team I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy, though, because they, you know, they brought in this new coach who's supposed to be innovative and, and everything. And you got to think, you know, you guys were like right there last year. You almost came back and beat the Rams. You're going to want to bring in top talent for this, mm-hmm. you know, historically goaded superstar quarterback. And they made like no impressive moves this year. And it's just, uh, you know, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to make splashes. I mean, look at the Dolphins right now. They're in a position. They put yeah. themselves in a position Very to be so. in that Super Bowl conversation. Same with the Vikings. They're adding pieces and. It felt like a like a little bit of like a, a white flag with the Rams and the Bucks just being like, we're not making any moves. Yeah, Rams, Bucks, like, Packers. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean you're not making any moves? Like you got like the whole the whole league has studied your your blueprint less and they have taken it and they've ran with it. And now you you know you're in a position to kind of push something forward and you and you're just like, well, 
you know, I guess we're not going for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a really good way to kind of summarize the Bucks' offense. When you miss a player like Gronk and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who I feel like is on and off the field and Julio Jones can't stay healthy. Like this is the result of that being 25th in the league at converting third downs. That's 35%. They're just not a good third down team. And when you have Gronk on the field, when you have playoff Lenny, you know, suited up in his LSU shoulder pads and he's making plays out of the backfield, your third down percentage goes way, goes way up. And that's when you're missing that top tier talent, Nick, and you're throwing to Cole Keeft and Cotton Britton or whatever the hell his name was, like you're just in a situation where you you can't convert. So yeah, um, you're giving the ball to, Ron, to Ronnie Rivers and Benny Skoranek. It's, yeah, exactly. it, it, it's, it's so funny. It's so funny how similar it is. It's very, very much similar. I want to pull up this picture because it's this picture of Cade Otten. I swear to God, it's Tom Brady. It's young Tom Brady. It's it's really young Tom Brady. Let me see if I can pull up a picture of him real quick. But while I'm trying to do that, and eh, it doesn't really look like him that much. Let's Let me see, see if I can share my screen real quick. Present. Share screen. I want to look at this. this Tell me. Tell me if you think it looks a little like a young Tom Brady. No. <laughs> You don't think so? No. Wait, where's – let me see if I can find – that kind of looks like him when he was young. Kate Otten. I don't know. You're giving me uh, – I think you need to get your glasses fixed. Maybe I do. You don't think a little Tom Brady here? No. I oh, I, 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 I mean, just in like the size of the head maybe. <laughs> That's probably where it starts and stops though. Oh, they have a similar square head. Understandable. Another good way to Nick that I feel like is a good way to sum them up. I don't know who has Ryan suck up in fantasy, but uh, he's leading the league with 19 field goals this season. So that's oh. how you, it's a really good indication of who the Bucks offense is. Like we talked about red zone struggles against the 49ers. We talked about that week over week over week play calling, being able to commit to the run in the red zone and the Buccaneers do it worse than us. I feel like I'm previewing a team that is identical to us with a, a couple of more missing pieces and obviously the greatest quarterback in the world leading the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, arguably the greatest Rams quarterback leading our way. No, I don't think so. I think it's, I mean, Warner. it's between Warner and Stafford, right? I would I yeah. I mean, Warner just has more time with the team and took him to two. So yeah, you definitely Warner. have to have to lean Warner. But yeah, Stafford's Stafford's certainly up there. And then third, but number one in our hearts, Jim, Jim Everett. Everett. Yeah, nah, yeah, definitely fourth. Garrett. I think he's number one in my heart. You know, over uh, some some close family members. I don't know about that. Well, when you look at you know your grandparents' basement of your entire life, <laughs> and you go down there every holiday, and you know on the weekends, and you see a, a huge poster of Jim Jim Everett, you're gonna. Um, Passing lane. Yeah. You're great poster. If you have a second, Google Jim Everett passing lane. It's a great poster. Yeah. Having your man cave or your basement or whatever. Um, moving on to the Bucks defense, Nick. I got to get that right right there. I have it if you want it. Really? Yeah, yeah. maybe I'll bring it back when okay. I come home for Christmas. Sounds good. Per Skip Bayless, Nick. Per Skip? Mm, it's my, my idol. This is this is the Skip Bayless tweet that I actually thought was alarmingly accurate, and I thought was a really good summary of, of what the Bucks defense has become. It's, it's just mind blowing to me that the Bucks defense gave up 231 rushing yards, while the Bucks offense ran for a mere 44 yards. The Ravens controlled the clock for 38 minutes to only 22 for Brady, who threw for 325 yards in just 22 minutes. The Bucks have turned into a bad team. Thoughts? Wow. That sounds like how I talk about the Rams. That's what I said. Skip that's, your boy. That's so funny. Um, I I went into that 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 Ravens game looking at it and just being like, no, like people are afraid to bet against Brady, especially mm -hmm. after losses. And then you show the stats where it's like after two losses, Tom Brady is 191. And <laughs> I, I was just like, this Ravens team is fantastic, and they're going to come into Tampa and they're going to absolutely smoke them and they didn't really smoke them, but they, they did a pretty great job of second half. They, they of, yeah, job. dominating that second half. And I, look, I don't think we're better than the Baltimore. I don't think we're even on the same level as them, but you watch what they did and Lamar didn't even do that many impressive things. Um, 
he kind of just, you know, did like the bare minimum and they, they, still they spread the defense out. They got matchups all over the place. You know, they isolated the pass rush. They were able to run the ball effectively. That's all you got to be able to do against this team. Can we do any of that though? I think we can pass rush. We need to bring the blitz more. I think we're like 30. We have like a 32% blitz rate. I think when you're playing old man, Tom, you got to step up your, uh, your yeah, they do. They, bl- they blitz more frequently when they play against him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know when I was watching that Ravens game, I don't know how you felt, but I felt like I had a really tough time evaluating the defense because of what Skip Bayless alluded on, right? Specifically because of how the offense performed. Like we talked about this earlier on in the season with the Rams. It's really tough to evaluate the defense holistically if you feel like the offense is having a really tough time sustaining drives and scoring. Like Vita Vey, I mean, that's him and Ndamnik and Sue were great together. But right now it's just Vita Vey, right? It's like Aaron Donald without Von Miller. I mean, obviously Vita Vey is a tough comparison to make to Aaron Donald because it's not accurate. But, you know, when you have a player that you love by your side that's contributing to your role on the field, like that's when you get up. That's when you play well. That's when double teams are going other ways and you're getting some freeness and some freedom and you could rush the passer and make plays and clog gaps. And Vita Vey, he's the only truly dominant player that they have on the inside. He's the only true dominant run stopper that they have on their team. Like this Trianciaco guy that replaced JJP uh, or JPP rather, um, you know, this it's, you can't like we talked about all these replacements, Nick, in the last episode that we did. We just went down the line. Who replaced who? Like Chiaco, Chiaco replacing JPP, like Sue not being there, the opposite of Vita Vey. Like they brought in Akeem Hicks. He's hurt. Shaq Barrett just tore his Achilles and he's out for the season. Like that's that's tough. Like those are some of your best defensive players. And that doesn't even go into the secondary. Like my only thought was too, and I'm watching highlights of Vita Vey. It's probably my favorite nose tackle in the league, but how many times in this game does Cam Akers just run right directly into his arms? Oh, my God. Into <laughs> his arms to pop the ball out. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I love Cam Akers. I don't know why I turned into Stephen A. Smith there for a second. I got possessed. <laughs> the stuff that this man has done. Um, I think he is going to contribute a lot to this team. And I love that they came to a uh, understanding that even with, you know, maybe you don't see eye to eye with the coaching staff and whatnot, but you're going out there and you're playing on the team. Um, and look, I'm, there's a lot of camaraderie. Aaron Donald said he was smiling at practice today. Yep. Uh, I And I got a flack on this. I think there's a lot of, like, McVeigh – uh, believers that are just like he can do no wrong and those people don't want to hear that maybe he's just not the best uh, people person in situations yeah. with players uh, because he is so good at, at that at that front right I just feel like he's I mean it's not an excuse or anything like that you probably feel like oh here comes Dean making another excuse for McVeigh but he always gets compliments this is some Whitworth always harped on that he's such a good communicator like he's a next level communicator, but because he's so young and because of the season he's coming off of, and because of some of the frustrations that have happened this season, specifically with roster turnover and losing to the Niners, like you get caught up in the wrong moment. And if he's scheming up a game plan and, and acres knocks on his, on his office door and is like, Hey coach, how do we get me more involved with the game plan? And McVay's sitting there like, dude, I just tried to get you 15 carries in the last game and you're running into the back of our offensive tackles. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's. I agree with you that I like. I think McVeigh can probably get hot and heated in in the worst of moments, and he probably does feel like he can do no wrong. But this and this is stuff. Cam Akers, they asked him like, "So what happened with you and Sean?" He was like smiling, looking down, smiling. We're gonna keep it in house. Like, come on, like give us some details. I know that they don't want this stuff to leak any more than it has. It's nice to see him back in well, the building, but we don't know see. what kind of situation actually happened. I. I think you're going to see some stuff that'll come out um, probably at the end of the year when he gets traded. Um, or if cut. He gets traded. Yeah, or cut. Because I know they save a lot of money if they cut him. Um, but th- just similar to the stuff that happened when they traded Goff, where the reports were coming out that he was just like yelling at him 
uh, like po- like in like film sessions, like in front of the whole team and cursing at him and Goff like couldn't take it. And, you know, I think that stuff, not everybody is a Whitworth film guy. No, I know. Just sit there and just take that. And when you're a coach, I think you have to, you have to be a leader that understands, um, you know, where you stand with all of the, uh, like, you know, emotionally people are different. Everybody is different. And I know that that's a tall task, but um, I think, you you know, you got to be, I think McVeigh is up for it. And sometimes maybe I think he's just a little too harsh and I'm sure I'll be called a, a, a snowflake for this. No, team, no, no. Cause nobody even really knows the, the true side of the story. So it's kind of like based off of the emotion that coach is giving that Cam Akers has been giving. And then you're trying to kind of form your own hypothesis based on. Right. What's yeah. And it's difficult, but I think getting Cam Akers involved, especially in a game like this, where people know that you're not going to um, like, like you kind of have to like, the, like we were saying, the blueprint is present to ha- on how to beat the Rams and how to beat the Bucks. Mm-hmm. If you come out with a strong run game, a strong creative run game, I think the possibilities are endless. Yeah. So if you get Cam involved the correct way, uh, but particularly in this game too, because of, the fumbles that brought that brought the uh, Tampa back into that, uh, you know, not conference championship game. Yeah, it was a divisional round. Divisional yeah, we were the, the much better team in that game. Yeah, we were I really mean, it was obvious. Came back into the game. Yeah. Oh, I know that game was a nightmare. I think um, also McVeigh has a um, like something in his brain about run games in general because he was gifted with Gurley. And then the decline of Gurley and then sticking to the run has never really like outside of that 2018, 2017 years has never done him good. Like in the NFC championship game, all they had to do was run the ball. And when they did that, that's when the turnovers were forced. Mm -hmm. And then in the Super Bowl, he's, you know, he's saying, I'm not going to run it anymore. Um, So, and, but then he calls like an amazing run uh, going into the, uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all very interesting. I would love to sit down with McVeigh one day. We gotta get him on the pod. <laughs> Good luck. He's not gonna tell you anything. He'll be talking in his yeah. his mysterious qualms. And Maybe I bump into things. him in Mexico, and I'm like, Sean. That's, yeah, that's when you will get all the information. You I'd don't be like, oh my god, like an insider or anybody. You just be like, oh, are you are you Sean McVeigh? Can he'll I be buy like, you, uh, tequila. He'll, he'll be like, you're Nick. Vespi from Rams Brothers the Pod, October seventh, nineteen ninety four. I have your T shirt. <laughs> Taryn Killam gave me one. I brought it actually. It's it's right in my room. You want me to go get Veronica to go get it? Hey guys, I love you. I really do. <laughs> um, you know what? This could be Cam Akers' game. I think like it could be a situation where you feel like Cam Akers is getting right back into the swing of things. Um, and you know, with guys like Golston playing defensive tackle, who's truly an edge rusher and Logan Hall, who they drafted, he's on the inside. Those guys get pushed right off of the line of scrimmage. Even with our offensive line, there's an opportunity to win at the line of scrimmage. You're not going to beat Vita Vey, but you'll beat Golston. You'll beat Logan Hall. And if these guys are supposed to be edge rushers and they're playing on the inside, like you're just trying to fit square pegs and round holes and it's not going to work. Right. So on the back end, you're missing Jordan Whitehead. He was in the secondary who he was having a great year right now with the jets like Keanu Neal, Keanu Neal, uh, he replaced him for the Bucs. He's not a great player. Like the cast is different. Like we talked about in the last episode, Devin White's getting flack after signing that massive, I think it was a hundred million dollar contract. Uh, Warren Sapp literally told Devin White to rip the C off of his chest after the last defensive performance that they had against Baltimore. And Levante David, he's also not having a great year because of all of this, because of all of these factors that are moving around within this defense. And truly, Nick, it's just a lack of personnel. Like they're not a bad defensive team. They just don't have the same personnel that they've had from year to year. And they're not intimidating at the line of scrimmage and the guys they have on the corners and their safeties. Like they're, these guys are not great players. Like it's, it's tough to win football games that way. Yeah. And it's tough to win when, you know, you're losing players weekly on injuries, which exactly. is exactly, which exactly. I mean, you lose, you lose Shaq Barrett to an Achilles injury in yeah. a game against the Ravens in week eight. And you feel like your season's, Going in the in the worst direction, and then you know turn turn the other side of the ball. Look at the Ravens; they lose their top 
tight end, like the number one tight end in the league. And then their their next man up just starts bawling out. And sometimes yeah, exactly. when, stuff, when stuff happens like that, you're really just like, well, it, it's not our year. And it's easy to say that. Um, and I'm hoping we can get Bucks fans to say that. Because I, I, you know, four and four, you're scrappy. There's yeah. no telling what happens. I want this Rams team to look like, do you remember that 2018 Eagles team after yeah. Yeah. they won the Super Bowl? And yeah, Nick Foles came back. Yeah, yeah, the double doink year where it like they got hot at the right time and they were like a throw away from beating uh uh who was it the Saints in the yes. divisional round. Yep. I, I I feel like that's our ceiling, except they make that throw. And so like I I I'm really excited for this game for the first time in a long time because the last couple of games I've kind of it was the Panthers where it was like we better freaking win, and then the Niners where it was like we're gonna lose. Yeah. Well, this is where, and I like after doing all this and reading through Twitter and everything, this was the one takeaway that I felt like gave us the most advantage out of everything. Coaching has obviously been a huge point of concentration throughout this entire season, but um, Todd Bowles specifically, everybody thought he was going to be, you know, a replacement to uh, what was his name? Uh, Bruce Arians. Everybody thought he would be a, a legitimate replacement to Bruce Arians. They were better. no legitimate People thought he was going to be better. People thought he was going to be better, for sure. And he comes out and says, this is, was a quote by Todd Bowles from yesterday, even though the Rams' running game has struggled this season, they generally run the ball at least 20 times a game in effort to keep the defense off balance. So as soon as I read that, I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what, what are you watching? When was the last time the Rams ran the ball 20 times in a game? I think this – I like bringing this guy in, everybody just assumed they were going to – he's the Liam Cohen of this team. Clearly. It's so similar. It's – it. you know, I'm looking at the at the Manning in the mirror. <laughs> it's – yeah, I just think the more I learn about this Bucks team, the more I'm just like, my gosh, we are we are their carbon copy. So 49ers, they had 18 rush attempts, not 20. My, yeah, pretty close. And uh, Henderson had eight. And his, who else had uh, – Ronnie Rivers had seven. Let's see. Let's see Carolina. They had 29 rushing attempts. Carolina, but only, you know. But only they, 12. Yeah, 12 from Daryl Henderson and seven from Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I, you know, they kind of – towards the end of that game – they're Let's see. Who do they play the week before Carolina? Oh, come on. Come on, guys. They played the week before Carolina. Cardinals? Was I think it was Cardinals. They haven't played that many games. Game. We're getting there. Cardinals. Because they went back and it was like win, loss, win, loss for a little bit. Let's see. They ran the ball exactly 20 times against Arizona. But keep in mind, three of these are Matthew Stafford for two yards. You know, four carries from Henderson, 12 from Cam Akers. Like, it's just, you know. Yeah. I don't think that if you're prepared for the Rams to run the ball 20 times from a bell cow like Daryl Henderson or for Cam Akers, and you're not preparing the right way to play this team. Like, with that in mind, Stafford's throwing the ball for 50. He's thrown 55 times in this game like Jared Goff did in 2019. Oh, that's my thought. That that 2020 season when the Bucks won the Super Bowl and the Rams beat them, and that was like that that game was so magical for me. I remember yeah, that regular like, season game that we beat. Them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that was their Super Bowl that year. And they were the same. They were like plus three dogs, and now they're back to. I think it's like the line moved to plus two and a half right now. So, Cowboys were that game we were leaving out. Oh God. Cowboys. That's the game we all wanted to forget. We ran the ball 15 times in that game. So my point is somewhat moot, but also valid. Mm. It's like a cow's opinion. It's moo. It's moo. All right. I think I'm ready for uh, some picks. Are we ready for Nick's picks? I'm ready. Finally. Why don't you uh, give us the ad read then, Dean? Let's do it. Liquid Death. There is a new water brand out there. You may have heard of it. You may have not. It's Liquid Death. Whoa. It looks like a tall boy, but it's actually just a mountain spring water. 
Tell me that's more. Available, it's available still sparkling and three wonderful flavors. Uh, it's liquid death. Reminder, it's liquid death. There's something about drinking water out of a can. It's insanely refreshing for your mother, your grandmother. Have them catch you an ice cold can catch you drinking an ice cold can of liquid death while they assume it's just a beer you snuck out of the garage. But no, it's not a beer, it's a water. Go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods, Ralph's, Albertsons, Vons, or 7-Eleven, or find Liquid Death at a retailer near you with the store locator tool at www.liquiddeath.com slash L-A-F-B down here. And Nick is still better at doing all the ad reads than me. That's okay. I respect that you did it. Permanent ad reader, Nick? Nah. Moving on. Vote Moving on. Below. Yeah. Link below. Moving on. Let's do it. Moving on to Nick's Picks Week 9. Nick's Picks is in its fourth winning week in a row. Are you guys keeping up this year? I can't make this up. We're just killing the game, and we aims to keep it that way. I had an internal struggle this week, Dean, and I let that get into my work, the theme song being my work. Uh, and it's a reflection of how far we've come and where we stand on the season and where I ultimately stand. Dean? Do you mind playing the theme song? Play the song? Sure. Sounds like a Muppet song. <laughs> Correct. I reflect on all my winnings and I ask myself the question What's the right direction? to go I don't know am I a ram or am I a gambler am I a gambler if I'm a gambler then I'm a very good gambler very good gambler am I a gambler gambler am I a ram am I a ram if I'm a ram, that makes me a gambler of a ram. A gambler of a ram. How do you come up with this? Well, I'm at work and um, just letting you know my music go on shuffle, and I'm like, oh wow, this is a perfect song for Nick's picks. I mean, if you're a fully grown adult and you have Man versus Muppet on your your phone and your music, then you're one of us. Yeah, because that one's for you. I think we both have it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, showing our true colors. Hey, we're kids inside still. You know, we like to stay young. I, I, I'm going to love the Muppets till the day I die. Uh, until, I mean, yeah. Yeah, look to your left or your right. You got a man or a Muppet. You can never tell. Yeah, exactly. So, One Dean, before we get here. started, your locks of the year are not doing too hot. So, let's hear your lock of the week. What am I, one for seven? Yeah, and the one was a player prop. I don't think you're one for seven, but it's it's it is not good. Let me see. I'm looking through your picks right now. I know I like the Rams, but I took Rams money line last weekend and they lost. Yeah. I feel like I can't do that again. Um, I okay. like. Next play the Raiders. I like Cardinals to cover against the Seahawks. Okay, Cardinals minus two. Interesting. Let's see where that fits into my picks. Okay. So let's start us off with the, with a 10 a.m. game. Vikings at Commanders. Nick's picks owes a lot of its chutzpah this year to the Minnesota team. When the week bets are at two wins and two losses, we can always count on Minnesota to win the last game, so we have another positive week. Like it? I love it. The Vikings in this spot. Colin Cowherd, you win this game. You have a chance to be a force going into the Bills next week. A game you can afford to drop. This one should be circled if you're Minnesota. This is the Kirk revenge game. No one believes in the Vikings, even though they have one loss, which is great because people keep banging against them, and we keep winning off of their L's. Commanders are loss. What'd you say? I said it's a primetime loss, by the way. For some reason, that team always loses in primetime. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Commanders had a miracle win against the Colts, but their magic show ends now. Minnesota picked up Hawkinson. I that's my that was my favorite move by any team. Uh, they're all in. Uh, they're just going to tear apart this Commanders team. We're buying a half point because that's been a part of our Vikings juju. I think they're going to cover minus three. As I was writing this, the line moved from minus three and a half to minus three. Um, so, so I'm taking – I it, it was going to be buying a full point, Vikings minus two and a half, but 
we can just buy the half point. So it's still Vikings minus two and a half. 27 to 20, Vikings win by seven. But we're happy because we only needed them to win by three. I also love the over at 43 and a half. Uh, I think the Vikings are capable of hitting that on their own. Um, Heineke will help. But, yeah, the Commanders also are a team that usually hits the over. So I, I, I like the over as much as I like the Vikings there. I kind of want to switch my pick to Vikings money line. Uh, okay. You can have a minus 175 pick. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. How about I take two picks this week? Okay. Parlay. I like it. Okay. Well, no. We'll just give you two steps. We'll get three picks. We'll give you the Ice one, two, and the parlay. Parlay. Right, okay. Parlay it is. <laughs> and then we got uh, Seahawks at Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm the only one who hasn't sold their stock on this team. Whatever. Everyone and their mother is taking the Seahawks because of the amazing story that is Geno Smith and Pete Carroll and this electric offense and the defense is great and blah, blah, blah. But let's be real here. The Niners are going to win the division. It's unfortunate, but it's true. The Sea Chickens are going to get knocked down a few pegs, and who better than a divisional rival that is Arizona? Kyler and Hopkins, they've kind of been lighting up low-key but they haven't entirely hit their stride. I think this is the game that brings the Seahawks back to planet Earth. It's going to happen soon, and we're going to be happy that we picked the right week where it happens. Give me Arizona at home, money line. I know it's sitting at minus 120. I I don't want minus two. I don't want to lose a game. Like I don't want the Cardinals to win, and they win by two, and it's a push. So I'm just taking minus 120. Uh, 31 to 19. Oh yeah. Cardinals making it look easy, but once again, we're relaxed because all we needed was them just to win. I Gene, you're gonna bet against Dark Horse MVP, Geno Smith. Uh, listen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am. As you should. As you I'm should. over them. I'm over them. It's I'm been over seven them. weeks. They don't, right. they don't even have that grave a record. Like it's not that impressive. Whatever. Yeah, a lot of football to be played, but I'm pretty impressed so far. Okay, good for you. And then the next one, this is actually my favorite bet of the week. We talked about it, Rams at Bucks. Look, I haven't been betting on the Rams because I don't believe in this team 100% yet, and it has been helping my picks quite a bit because the Rams have been a huge disappointment. But Tampa has yet to beat the Rams with Brady on the team. The Rams play up when they play in Tampa. They seem to be playing their best football when they go to Florida for whatever reason, and they will continue to put the hammer down on this weak Bucks team. Father Time has hit Brady like a – like a knockout Mike Tyson punch, and I'm hoping Cam and the Rams can run and kick them when they're down. And it's time for the LA Rams to make some big boy plays and start to get hot. Like I said earlier, it's a loser leaves town match, as my idol Bill Simmons would say, which just makes me want to hammer the Rams because I don't think they're done yet this year. You lose this game, I think you see more stories about how McVay is going to retire when Donald does. And please, God, hold off on that one day longer. Uh, 24-18, Rams take the W. We get back to 500, and I feel confident in that one. Very I'll take it. No I'm, going, there for I'm, me. I'm going to bet that one, so Good. my heart's going to be on the line. Good so shot. run it back with extra thick straps. Vikings minus 2.5 over the Commanders, over 43.5 in Vikings Commanders. Cardinals money line over Seattle. Rams over Bucks. Am I quickie-picky? Baltimore over New Orleans. I love Baltimore. I think they're great. Lamar is going to get that ring sometime soon. Maybe it's not this year. It could be. Uh, They're my dark uh, horse AFC team. I think they take care of business in New Orleans. New Orleans doesn't know what they're doing. I like your quickie picky. Yeah. I would add that right into the mix of the other three, four. I know you got the over in in, uh, Commanders Vikings. Yeah. So it's always four and then one quick. But you know what? Like, honestly, if I, I, I think I would do better if I made it just like three, but I, I like giving people four. And, and you know what? We win. Like we've been winning nonstop on Nick's picks this year. So I feel, I feel good with five. Yeah. Our record is better with Nick's picks than it is for the Rams. It's a quip by the way, not a slope. This is the part of the show where when Dean says, you know what? I'm just going to parlay all Nick's picks. <laughs> is that the only quotable line from shallow Hal? What about shallow Hal's banana hands? <laughs> banana hands. Yeah. That's the only yeah. one. Demons be gone. <laughs> oh, that movie's so weird. That's what makes me, it's a quip. Quickie picky. All right. Worst part gonna... about that movie, Jason Alexander having a tail. That plus the, the 
hair that they put on him. Let him be bald. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> let him be bald. Let him be bald. And the tail, it takes a, such a weird turn after like an hour and 36 minutes. It's like, here's one last minute of Jason Alexander with the tail. Yeah, we just, and then like the final shot, his tail is like wagging. Oh. <laughs> I remember being like, this movie shouldn't scare me. But when I was younger and I was watching, I'm like, I'm a little scared about the, with this tail thing. Oh, with the toe. That's what the whole. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did you see the toe? That's yeah. The there's portable lines in Shallow House. Is that he has all these issues with this model that has a big toe and he has a tail. Most unrealistic thing in that movie is the hot girl they paired Kyle Gass with. Constantly. Constantly are all the hot girls that they get paired with. Uh, well, Nick, I think I'm going to parlay all your picks. There you go. <laughs> Can we hear the... Bam, 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 bam. Oh, yeah, it's our cue to shut the F up. Like and subscribe. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, hopefully you're enjoying the content. If you are enjoying it, comment. If you're not enjoying it, tell us how to tinker. Yeah. Yeah, like and subscribe because we're on YouTube now. So go to YouTube and check us out, please. That would mean a lot. And it would always would mean a lot. Feedback's appreciated. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Go Rams. We're getting back on track this weekend. Yeah, whose house, guys? Horns up. Don't, Don't give up faith yet. I'm wearing my Jeff Fisher colors. I got the patch on. Jeff yeah, Fisher dude. just makes me think deep dive into the bottom of the ocean. Stop saying that name. <laughs> it worked last year. <laughs> Whatever, I'll give it to you. All right, guys. <laughs> dive into the bottom. Of the ocean. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <sighs> oh.